From San Diego, California, this is a One Extraordinary Marriage Show. We're being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex has taken the guesswork, and I'm wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call or text us on the Hug Hotline at 858-876-5663, or send us an email to hugs at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. This is part five in our series, Let's Talk About Sex. This week, we are discussing how to talk to our kids about sex. And as we start today's show, listen to this quote from Katrina Farmer. She says, it would be irresponsible in this day and age not to talk to our kids about sex. Mm -hmm. Couldn't agree more. Could not agree more. That's why this show is ex- has come into existence. We need to be talking to our kids about sex. And That's we're right. going to be doing that and equipping you with that in today's show. But first, we start each show with a hug. And a hug is an opportunity for you to hear from someone else in the one family. We know that when you know you're not alone, that other people have similar challenges, it actually brings hope. And that's why we share a hug at the start of each and every show. That's right. And this hug comes from an iTunes review that we received that says, I have been listening to them for about a year now. We've gone from being on the verge of divorce to bliss. Wow. In a year. (laughs) In a year. Wow. They have helped us to learn how a married couple are really supposed to be together. They make you think about all the things you normally wouldn't think about in a marriage and what is most important. Mm. Our lives have changed tremendously for the better in all areas, not just marriage. Side note. When Mm. you take care of your marriage, it does have a ripple effect. Mm -hmm. Just saying. My wife and I are the closest we've ever been in 23 years Mm. and are just getting closer day by day. Thanks, guys, for being so instrumental in saving our marriage. Don't ever stop. Mm. Tony's got tears in his eyes. Oh, wow. Because you guys, he doesn't (laughs) see these before before I read them on the show. Yeah, I just, you know, for for a couple to... And to, to share, you know, my wife and I are the closest we've ever been in 23 years. And I just, I just go, man, praise God. Mm-hmm. Like, thank you that you, you touched this, this couple's life. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you touch this, this couple so that they can live the extraordinary out. Like they don't have to go through life or the rest of their married years just going ho-hum. This is just where we're at. This is our lot in life. And we're just going to live this way for the rest. You know what I mean? They're going to, they're going to strap on their boots they're going to go on that journey, you know what I mean? And until the end to be able to go, this is the love of my life. And I just, I just love it. And it just truly to each and every one of you, to those of you who are new to the one family, to those of you who've been listening forever and ever, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We are truly blessed and honored to have you part of this family. And, um, it's what brings us behind these microphones each and every week is to, to share, mm-hmm. just to, to give you a glimpse of what marriage could be like in different areas and in different ways and on topics in that most people are not discussing. So let's have those discussions because we're having them. Well, and I want to say one thing, and we probably don't say it enough is that what we do is to impact one marriage, right? right. From from the very beginning, the reason it was called one extraordinary marriage is because we knew that we had to impact one marriage and we never know. And the two shall become one. And the two shall become one. Yes. Yes. But, but the driving force has always been, has always been the one marriage and we don't ever know from day to day whose marriage that is. So we get up and we do it and it's always great to know whose one marriage that is. Mm -hmm. So it's awesome to get those hugs. And you know, this is, this is one of those topics 
right? Where we've been in this series of let's talk about sex. And, and these are, these are conversations that can bring you closer together. Just like this husband said, you know, closer together than, you know, in 23 years and, you know, talking about those tough topics and, and we've been walking through those intimate conversations Mm -hmm. around sexual intimacy. You know, we started talking about just how, you know, even talking about sex between, between husband and wife couple, like let's just talk about sex with one another. Right. And, and the fact that that's a conversation that ideally you keep having throughout the course of your marriage. And I'm going to tell you, if you haven't listened to that first part in this series, let's talk about sex. Please go back because I'm going to tell you, if you can talk about sex, you can get over the hump. You can get over your own insecurities. You can get over your own mind games. You can get over those areas that are stopping you from opening your mouth and going forward and taking that step to talk to your spouse about sex, believe me, what we're talking about today will be much easier. And this is what I'm going to tell you guys. If you're standing here or you're listening right now and you're like, well, we could never do that. You know what? That's the words that I used to say. Oh, I, how am I going to talk to Elisa about that in our marriage? Or I have all this preconceived notions of what it's supposed to be because I was told this. Let me tell you something. Your life your marriage, your sexual intimacy is dependent upon you taking a step forward. Even if your heart's beating, even if you're sweating, even if you just are like, I can't, you can. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have to talk about sex because if we don't, our marriages aren't going to be fulfilled in our sexual intimacy. Mm -hmm. And you better believe it. Our kids are going to be lackluster as well and have the same issues. So let's not go there. Right. Because, you know, like that quote from Katrina, uh, Katrina Farmer said, it's irresponsible in this day and age. Our kids are getting exposed to sexual information from very, very young ages. I mean, th- there's innuendo in children's animated movies. Mm-hmm. I-, I remember watching some of these movies with our kids when they were little and the kids didn't get the innuendo, but the adults sure did. Mm-hmm. Right. And and we would laugh and chuckle and they're looking at us like, well, what's that about? You know, they're, they're hearing about it on the playground. The first time that Abby ever told us that she knew what sex was, um, I'll never forget it. We'd already had the conversation with her and I'll share that a little bit later in the show, but she came home one day in second grade and said, mom, I know what sex is that came off of a conversation on the playground, mm-hmm. right? So if you think your kids aren't talking about it or they're not hearing about it, you're wrong. Uh, they're exposed to it in TV shows, in the movies, and on magazine covers in the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Right? They're, they're being exposed to pornography through phones and iPads and things like that because you can put in a search term and stuff pops up. And, and I, I got to share these, these numbers with you because it blew me away. I, I was doing some research and said, okay, you know what, what's, what does this look like? You know, who's having sex? What are our kids doing? And there was a CDC study that was done of high school students in 2017. 40% had had sexual intercourse. 10% had had four or more partners. 30% had had sexual intercourse during the previous three months. And of those, 46% did not use a condom. 14% did not use any method to prevent pregnancy. 19% had drunk alcohol or used drugs before their last sexual intercourse. Okay, kids are doing this. And I'm not saying everybody's kids are, but obviously there are children out there that are having sex and they got the message from somebody. Another study found that only 30% of students had reported that their parents talked to them about sex. 
That's what we're going to change here in One Extraordinary Marriage. That is what we're going to change here. And to be extraordinary and to be part of the one family is we're going to take that number and we're going to be above average. We, we may not change the world in that number. And yet here, the one family, we can, we can make a drastic impact on that number. A study found only 30% of students reported that their parents talked to them about sex. Hello. We got to wake up. And for those of you that think this is just something that's happening to high schoolers, you're wrong. We have a middle schooler. I went and did some research on middle schoolers by age 12. Okay. They can barely tie their their shoes by themselves by age 12. I hope they can. Well, okay. But they're not doing a whole lot of other things independently at that point in time. 12% of students had already engaged in vaginal sex, just under 8% in oral sex and just under 7% in anal sex. Folks, we have a job to do because we don't like Tony and I do not get behind these microphones just to go and impact marriage. We know that there is a legacy that when your marriage, when you are equipped, your children's lives are changed. Mm-hmm. The, the people in your community are changed. And I will tell you, and for those of you that have been longtime listeners, you know this, our parents did not talk to us about sex. Mm-mm. We've said it countless. Like, I don't remember ever having any type of sex talk. Um, I, I distinctly remember I was in Catholic school. I remember boys and girls being separated for like sex ed. Yeah. In quotes, right? Uh, I mean, we had Sister Linda teaching us sex ed. Like, okay, that's going to go well. And Tony's experience with any type of conversation with his parents was his dad saying. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? I, I want to just step even back a little bit further because it, it just hit me as we were talking. My first exposure to, to sex was pornography. Mm-hmm. It, it really was. It was back in the day when we had like weird like stations and we could like break my dad's like satellite to, mm-hmm. to see it. And I had buddies in my neighborhood, uh, my best friend, two years older than me, another good friend, four years older than me. So I was the youngest. I was 12 years old. I got exposed to sex. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't even until I was probably like 16, 17 that my dad finally came around and his sex talk was, Hey tone, don't get a girl pregnant and, and basically walked away. I, I mean, that, that was it. There was no, Hey, well, this is how that happens. This is what it looks like. Blah, blah. No, nothing whatsoever. My mom never brought it up to me at all as well. You know what I mean? So that's, that's how Elise and I were brought up in even understanding what sexual intimacy or sex in particular looks like. Now, On the other hand, our kids who, you know, have, (laughs) they've only ever known a world where their mom and dad have had this show. We started the show when the kids were seven and four, Mm -hmm. right? So this has been, this has been conversations that maybe they've overheard in the home studio, you know, as they're walking by now, they just put their earbuds in, you know, and don't listen to us when we record, but all of these different things, but we'd made a decision. The one decision that we made with our kids from an early age Mm -hmm. was that we would call the body parts by their proper names. So instead of like Mr. Willie or Mr. Happy or whatever, it's a penis. Mm -hmm. It it just is. And the vagina is not of a JJ or Or a a hoo-hoo or or a hoo-ha, whatever. whatever. It's a vagina. It's a vagina. And, you know, we did that because that just took all of the emotion out of it and just made it factual. Mm -hmm. And we had also made a commitment that we would always answer our kids' questions. And I want to just go back to the body parts. That has changed over time as the kids have gotten older. When they were younger, it was very factual. Mm -hmm. It it was. Now, I can talk to my son and use other names 
but he's older. We, we, we're on an understanding. We've gone through stages of life to, to be where we're at. It, so, so when you say you use other names, what are you referring to? Because I, I know somebody's listening right now and they're like, well, what else would you call a penis? Well, I mean a dick. Okay. You know what I mean? And, and, and we would say that, and, and, but he's grown up. And it's not something we use often, and yet it can be used and we understand where we're at. It, it, usually the go-to is always going to be the anatomical, anatomically correct words of penis, vagina, breasts, scrotum, testicles. And part of this, folks, is, is knowing what your kids are calling their body parts. Right. That's why I wanted Tony to say that, because when you have kids who, especially as they move into the teenage years and they're hearing all kinds of stuff around the, you know, the locker rooms, around their friends, like you got to be able to speak their language, mm-hmm. but you also got to be able to direct. And, and I and we know it's hard. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. This is not an easy thing, because, you know, like if you didn't have it growing up, how do you step into this? How do you get over the fact that you're worried that you're not going to get it right or you don't know what to share or you feel inadequate or incompetent or simply just overwhelmed by the responsibility of having to be the ones to talk to your kids about sex. Yeah. And I want to even say like the first time these conversations even came up, I remember them for me, just like deer in the headlights, mm-hmm. like, oh boy, we're, we're going to this place. And, and I was a little tongue twisted and not sure where to go because, you know, feeling a little bit inadequate or incom- incomplete to to share properly or, or even a little bit overwhelmed, like all of a sudden I'm just like, oh, whoa, 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 why are we going there? And I just remember the first couple of times just looking at Elisa and she be- she took that lead, which I was just so grateful for because she just was, she just had a presence about how she discussed it. And it wasn't even that she began to just like dive in. She asked more questions and that just brought me at ease to go, uh, I see how we're going to do this with our kids mm-hmm. and allow them to to give us some feedback so then that way we could give them more feedback. So if you are, you're not alone. Mm-hmm. I've, I've been there. I know it myself. And it's not, again, it's not something that we, we abdicate or we run from in fear and, and we hide. We, we still step forward and Elisa did it so beautifully and eloquently by just asking some questions. And there's a couple of things I want to say to that. One is, um, don't, don't abdicate your authority to the schools, especially if you don't know what the school sex ed curriculum is. Mm-hmm. Like as parents, you need to know what your kids are being taught in regards to the schools. And with that, you need to be their first line of information. You need to be the one that's willing to go there because if you aren't, they will seek it out either from their peers, which hello, if you've been on Instagram lately, you know that there's all kinds of like craziness out there. And that's just one platform where they're getting their information or they're going to get it possibly from the schools. And you may not like what they're teaching either. So, so we can't be the the one extraordinary marriage family cannot be those that step back and say, you know what? Well, kids are just going to be kids and they're just going to do no, 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 no. I know it's uncomfortable. I know it's awkward. So was the intimacy lifestyle the first time you started it. Mm -hmm. So was the coffee break the first time you did it and you had to have a hard conversation with your spouse. Guess what? You did it. You pushed through. You know, we have to, we have to rise up as a movement and say, you know, we are going to do things differently. We are going to get more comfortable. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you're going to be like super comfortable, but more comfortable talking to our kids about sex. We, we have to be the ones to say, you know what? I'm going to do this. And I know some of you are thinking, oh my gosh, if I talk to my kids about sex, then, um, that's just going to give them permission to have sex. 
statistically speaking, <laughs> they're actually finding that the kids whose parents don't talk to them about sex are the ones that are having sex more frequently. So I'm just, I'm just, let me dispel mm -hmm. that myth. Um, you're, you're worried a lot of you how to share your own experiences mm -hmm. and what are they going to take? Like if they hear what I did, where do I stand from authority? A and that's part of our story. Mm -hmm. If you guys have listened to the show, you know, for a, a period of time and I'll bring it up right here. Tony and I did have sex before marriage. So that is part of, I our had multiple partners before we even met. Correct. And like like I'm just talking general. Yeah. Like, like oh in general. yeah. It was like, a mess. And so we actually get in our case, speak from the authority of what it looks like because we walk down that road. So you don't have to, you know, you can carry authority even when you've done something that you don't want your kids to do. Mm-hmm. Right. But we, we've got to get to this place of saying, you know what, we're going to step up. We're going to rise up. We're going to become equipped because like Tony said, when husband and wife are able to talk about sex, it becomes a whole lot easier for parents to then go and talk to their children. Because I will tell you, your kids know when you're a deer in the headlight, mm -hmm. right? They know when they've just asked the thing that they're like, Oh, what just happened there? But as we've heard, like I remember one summit partner was sharing that after they got more comfortable talking about sex, that they were then able to go talk to their teenage son. Mm -hmm. And it was a totally different experience. And that's what we want to equip you with. But first, we want to tell you about this week's sponsor, and that's the One Marriage Conference. And, you know, you know, if you've been listening to this show for more than like the last 15 minutes, you know that the One Family is all about community. We know because you'll repost pictures on Instagram. You know, you'll repost the daily quote on Instagram. You'll forward the podcast to your friends and be like, you've got to listen to this. Or you just really engage with us on the position of the month club as a summit partner. Mm -hmm. Family matters. It's the people that you do life with. And part of doing life with people is spending time with them. And that's what happens at the One Marriage Conference. We bring you the best of what we do, our strategies, tips, and practical application. And it all gets wrapped in a day full of fun and laughter. But on top of that, you walk away with the tools to make your marriage even more extraordinary. February of 2020, we are going to be live in San Diego. And in March, we're in Henderson, North Carolina. So East Coast, West Coast, just saying. And the 2020 theme is dream again. And that's going to be so, you're, you're going to see that happen in all areas of your marriage. And we've got some really fun things planned for the conferences. So be in the know on all things live and in person. Go to oneliveevents.com. Don't miss out on spending time with the one family. Be there, go to oneliveevents.com and get signed up today. So, you know, we've been talking about this today, about husbands and wives getting comfortable. So first you got to get comfortable with your spouse. Mm -hmm. And one of the best resources that we have to do that is 19 questions to amazing sex, right? It, it's super simple. Like the questions are all about sex and you work through them as husband and wife. Mm -hmm. So the awkwardness, you start to dissipate that by being in motion, having the conversation with your spouse. Yeah. You're going to have to, you're going to feel that awkwardness. You, you definitely are. There are still times when Elisa and I will pull out our 19 questions and there's still a little awkwardness of like, well, what are we going to do? Where do we do it? How do we do it? Who should start? Blah, blah, blah. These are the, these are the things that are going to go on and on in your mind. And are you going to allow that those to stop you from truly having the sexual intimacy you desire. Mm -hmm. Because when we do have those questions, we're able to just 
okay, now they come off our tongue. We're able to, to sit in it and, and realize what our, our partner enjoys or doesn't. And then when our kids start coming up to us, we're in a place though of not being like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. they just, you know, whoa, whoa, whoa. Are we talking about penis? Vagina? Whoa, hold on. Like we're totally caught off guard. So that's a great one to start with. Also connect like you did when you first met. Because I really believe in this book, there's questions on not just your sexual intimacy, mm-hmm. but your recreational intimacy, your emotional intimacy, your financial intimacy. And it's just a fun way for couples to just, let's, let's just open the door. Let's just, let's just get down that path of talking to one another again about certain topics. So that way, when our kids do come up to us, we can answer them. Mm-hmm. And it's not just a, no, you don't have that. Because really, how well did that work on you? I'm just asking because that's what my dad told me and there was nothing more like I didn't have sex in high school. That, that was one thing I did realize like I, I wasn't going to disrespect my parents when I lived under their home and yet for some reason there was something in me that said, you know what? That's what I got. Like when I leave this house, I'm on my own. It's me. I'm going to do what I want. And that's when I turned, turned away from my dad and my mom and, 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 and their teaching of or very little teaching, but just even having self-value for myself, self-respect, mm-hmm. you know? So we're going to put both of these up in the, in the episode notes so you can check it out. Connect like you did. You can go to connectlikeyoudid.com. Check it out. Pick it up. It's a great way to get started. And then from there, and actually, before I go to this next point, I just want to say it's never too late to start the conversation. Never, never, never. Like just just be like Nike and just do it. You know, start calling. If you've got little kids and you're like, I don't even know where to start, start calling their body parts by what they are. Biology is biology. And it's so much more less emotional than, you know, oh, there's Mr. Willie or whatever you you may currently be calling it. I understand it's cute and it's funny, but long-term, just equip them. Equip them because then you actually, in that equipping, develop confidence as well. As your kids ask you questions, answer them. It's really crazy. Don't put it off. Don't be like, well, I'll tell you when you're older. Cause if you keep telling them that, then they're going to go find somebody that's going to answer the question now. Mm-hmm. And you can always turn the question around and ask your kids a question when they come to you and be like, well, what do you think that is? Or that's a great question. Where did you hear that? That was the question I asked Abby when she said, uh, mom, I know what sex is. I'm like, really? Where did you, where did you, what was the conversation? Um, the first time Abby asked about sex, we were literally three minutes away from a friend's house. And she's like, mom, how are babies made? And I said, great question. We're almost to our friend's house. I will answer that question for you tonight when we get back home. Mm -hmm. Partly because I knew I needed a little bit of time to figure out how, I think she was probably six at the time, how I was going to have that conversation. But guess what? That night when I was putting her to bed, we had the conversation. I didn't leave her hanging because it was too important to me that I be that first person that she comes to, right? And, and you have to create an environment. And this is just like what we talk about with spouses. You have to create an environment that's safe. Right? Abby is our talker. And we've had situations where, and this happened recently, we were driving in the car. Tony mm-hmm. and I are in the front seat of the car. And somehow we're talking about you know middle school relationships and things like that. It's nighttime, so nobody can see anybody. We're in the car and middle school comes up and she's like, yeah, well, you know, kids are fooling around in middle school. We're like, oh, okay. What does that mean? What does that mean? I'm fooling around. What does that mean? And she's like, ah, like, I don't want to tell you. That would be weird. 
And we're like, oh, okay. But honey, you know, it's, it's always good. Like we can handle it. Mm-hmm. We, we're, we're good. And so she goes on to explain to us how she knows that there are girls giving boys blowjobs. Mm-hmm. This is middle school. Remember 12% having oral or 8% having sex in oral sex in middle school. So that's happening. Mm-hmm. And She's like, that, like, that is just disgusting. And instead of freaking out on her and being like, oh my gosh. Like, who are they? And why would they do that? And how, how did you hear about this? And you know, we, we were in a place where we were able to just look at each other. Lisa and I just looked at each other and we just sort of nodded. And, and, and I know you took the lead on that conversation. I don't remember how you, you said it, but it, it was just it was well said in a way that it just diffused it. Mm-hmm. And we allowed Abby to not be like, oh my gosh, this is the the worst thing ever and ever. It, it was, and maybe you can paraphrase how you brought that up or, or said. Yeah, I think it was more just like, you know, I mean, partly we do talk about STDs, STIs, whatever they're affectionately being called these days, and that's sexually transmitted infections or diseases because apparently diseases, you know, not PC. Um, but we've talked to our kids about that. Right. And we talk about how that can be spread. And we talk about, you know, she's got a very strong sense of saving herself for marriage. So we talk about what those circumstances look like. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just even giving her the ability to go, okay, well, honey, you know what? In marriage, you may decide to do that. Outside of marriage, it gets really, really complicated. Mm-hmm. And, and that actually leads me to my next point. We as a society have to stop telling our children collectively that sex is bad or sex is dirty or only bad people have sex. I get that that is part of the messaging that a lot of us grew up with. That's the messaging that comes from a lot of churches. The challenge with that is, is that you hear that for the first 18, 22, 25 years of your life. Sex is dirty. Sex is bad. Bad girls, you know, whatever. And then you go and you get married and you're supposed to flip 25 years of teaching Mm. when you slip a ring on your finger. Can we please start being those people that say, you know what? It's a beautiful thing within the framework of marriage. Give your kids a framework. Don't tell them they can't or they shouldn't, or they'll be bad for doing it. Instead, equip them to make knowledgeable decisions about what they want their future to look like. It's a gift. And Elisa and I really wrap a lot of this around, especially sexual intimacy, the, the covenant of the marriage uh, of the marriage and then being able to have sex in that how much more gosh i'm just trying to think of how much more exciting how much more connection Mm -hmm. there is emotionally really it comes from an emotional intimacy not from a sexual physical place because that's where i was lost and i tell my kids this this is where we bring up what we did do and where we would change that. Because even though I was having, and, I, and I've told my son this, I, and I've told him, I was like, Alex, even though I had sex in college, I wasn't fulfilled. There, there was nothing great about it. it. It it was, there were, a lot of them were one night stands. I, I left no better off. If anything, I left off, I, I came out of it feeling worse about myself and the woman that I had sex with. And so, Sharing that and letting them know that, wow, the sexual intimacy we have now together, that bond, that understanding, that growth that we have, like we've had to learn what it looks like to get to this point. 
but it's so much more meaningful. Mm-hmm. And that's how we use what we did in the past to, to hopefully give them a glimpse. Now, again, they're kids. They're going to grow up. They're going to make their own decisions, no matter what we say or would like them to do, right? We, we can guide them. And that's what we're here to do is to guide them, to help them to make those choices, to maybe just go, you know what? No, that I'm not going to do that because my parents talked to me about this and I know what could possibly happen. Mm-hmm. Many of you don't know because it's, it was an episode we shared many, many years ago, but in one of those sexual relations I had in college, I got a girl pregnant and I was 18 years old. I was scared out of my mind. And together, not really even together, she determined that she wanted to have an abortion. And you know what? That haunted me for years. That haunted me for years. And I don't want my kids to have to deal with that. Mm -hmm. Like my parents never even knew that happened. I paid for the operation. I paid for the procedure. But if we don't open our mouths, I I think we're, we're, we're not helping any. We think we may, we, we think we are, but it's because we, we are scared of what may come out of our mouths mm-hmm. and it's okay if you fumble. You guys hear me at times, even on the show, like I fumble, I'm looking for my words. I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to work things out and it's okay because I'll do it and my kids will be like, dad, just spit it out. And I tell them, I'm like, I, I'm trying my best at where I am, mm-hmm. but I love you and I'm not going to stop because I can't get my words correct or proper or it's okay. We're doing life. But I, I'm going to, I'm going to say that for those of you who are like, ah, I still don't know what to do. We have a number of books mm-hmm. and they're on our Amazon shop. And it's like, where did I come from? A perfect book for the, for the new kid, like the young kid sort of like, where do babies come from? And I will tell you the illustrations in this book. Like I remember finding this book when I was probably eight or nine years old. So it's, it's an older book and the mm-hmm. illustrations are really funny. Um, but, and yet that's, it's okay because it just helps right? to just break. It, it, just, it helps you to break the silence and just at least open up what's happening. Um, another book, the sex talk, amazing you boys, boys, girls, and body science. I mean, they're all great. You can find them at our Amazon shop at oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash Amazon shop. They're at the bottom of the page where we have all of our books. Educate yourself. Mm-hmm. Have some knowledge. Go through them together. You know, you and your spouse. Like, just go through them. And then when the questions come up, like, how are babies made? Well, how are they made? Tell me. Find out where your kid is. Be appropriate with where they're at. You don't, you don't need to go like... I know what sex is in the second grade. And then all of a sudden you're like, boom, man, like we're, we're talking intercourse and we're doing this stuff and that. They don't know that. Ask the question. You know, it's, it's what we've said to you guys for so long. When we get into a place of conversation and, and we don't have that clarity of our spouse, but we need to get it so we can further the conversation. Well, what does that mean to you? Mm-hmm. And we can use that same language with our kids to help them to express what they know. Right. Because in second grade, when she brought that, or she brought that statement to us, I said, well, honey, what did you learn today? And she said, well, you know, sex is, sex is when a man and a woman are under the covers kissing. And I was like, well, Uh uh, pretty close. It's actually when a husband and wife are under the covers kissing because in second grade, that is okay. 
as she's gotten older, as Alex has gotten older, we've had more in-depth conversations. And, and can I tell you, these are not one and done conversations. These are not, you know, like let's sit across from each other at the table. Some of you will have these conversations when you're driving somebody to sports practice. You'll have this conversation when you pick up somebody after being at a friend's house. Just go with the flow. Don't be afraid and don't freak out. You are equipped as their parents. You, you are not only equipped, but you have a gift of knowledge that you can instill in your kids that will actually change the trajectory, not only of their lives, but of your grandchildren's lives. Mm -hmm. It's stepping out in faith that you can do this. Yeah. All right, you guys, big conversations necessary. Here's the thing. Part of the one family, we do these things. So go out there, you know, pick up the 19 questions, amazing sex for yourselves. Connect like you did for yourself. Have those conversations. Grab those books. If it's something that, you know, you need to like give you some guidance on where you're going to be talking to your kids. Listen to this episode again. Get those numbers down. Understand where they're at so that you can meet them there and help guide them into adulthood, especially around the topic of sex. We love you guys. We're excited as you take that bold step. We know it's a bold step, but we're believing that you are going to take that bold step to touch your kid's life and so that they can experience the sexual intimacy that you guys experience in your marriage, which is extraordinary. Love you guys. Take care. We'll catch you next week. Love you guys.